Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld-Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Welcome back to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld-Flanagan, and we have the lovely Sophie Lundstrom-Halbert here today, another one of our homeowner episodes. Welcome, Sophie. Hi, Tanya. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. So obviously, I I know your house pretty well. So um, Sophie and I are friends, and we've met through working in the design industry. And you might have seen Sophie and her husband Ronan's home in a recent issue of House and Home magazine. And it's a gorgeous little portobello piece, but it's so unique inside. And it really took my breath away the first time I stepped in. And so I invited Sophie to come on and talk about her and Ronan's journey with the house, because although we talk a lot about a lot of gut renovations and extensions and new builds, it can be sometimes refreshing to hear the story of a house that didn't require all that work, but that still has so much personality and that really works for Sophie and Ronan. So tell us a little bit more about the house. Yeah. And sure. also about, about you guys, because that, that, that's an important element of how the house came to be. So starting with the house, um, it's in Portobello. It's a Victorian terrace townhouse, red brick. And yeah, it's, it's like our little oasis. It's tucked away on a quiet street, but we're super close to town and um, we can get into into the action um, pretty quickly. We kind of cycle and, and, and walk everywhere. But yeah, there's right as you come in, there's a front room and then there's a split level. So the stairs mm-hmm. go down into the kitchen and dining area. And then there's a little back garden as well as the utility and bathroom. And then when you go upstairs, we have two bedrooms. And it's not been, it's the original footprint of the house, right? It is. Well, I believe there was a, a wall was removed at one point <laughs> and there's a small extension um, from the bathroom, but no, nothing, um, nothing major um, or recent. The house, the house was built 150 years ago in the 1870s. And tell us about you, obviously you're not from Ireland, (laughs) Um, you and Ronan and, you know, your careers and how you ended up with this house. How did I end up here? I often (laughs) ask myself that question. It's so so amazing how life happens like that. You don't know where it's going to take you. But um, I grew up, I'm from Toronto, Canada. So um, yeah, that's where I'm from. And I went to school in Vancouver and got my Bachelor of Design there. And right after that, I moved to New York. And that's where I met Ronan. Since then, I have started a fashion brand with my sister and my mom. So I do that as well. That's called Thermakota. And it's an, it's an outerwear brand. And we have launched a home collection fairly recently as well. And then I also work for a a Dublin company, Dublin-based company called And Open. Mm -hmm. And I'm a gift designer there. So I design 
products um, and packaging in the form of, of gifts for, for various clients. So, And what about Ronan? Ronan is an architect. He studied at UCD in architecture and then moved to New York and was, and was practicing architecture there. And actually right around the time we met, he decided that he wanted to get more into UX design. And yeah, so we had a bit of a career, a career shift there, but yeah, so he does more like architecture from, uh, from a tech standpoint at this, at this time now. So yeah, we're both creatives. Ronan does more of the high level macro thinking (laughs) and I'm more into the micro, the little details. So you were living in New York. When does this house come about? So did you, did you move back Dublin and get the house together or did no, so Ronan actually already had the house before we met. He bought it in 2010 when it was, you know, at the bottom of the market. Amazing. <laughs> and it was a good time Smart to buy. Smart architect. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he was realized that it was this good time to buy in the market and kind of went scouring around town looking for a house and he looked at a lot of different houses and he wanted to find one that was a really good location something that was you know had some character to it and already had a good bones and a good flow to it because he wasn't looking to do a big renovation or change it he wanted to move in right away he wanted to rent a room mm. out so he landed on our house that we live in now And he just kind of loved it right away. And he told me about the house when he's like, yeah, I have a house in Dublin. I'm, I'm renting it out to my architect friends (laughs) at the moment. And um, yeah, when I first came to Ireland, we came and, and saw the house and I, I loved it right away too. It just, it has a, it has a really nice energy to it and Mm -hmm. some, some beautiful details, you know, original details like the fireplace the fireplaces oh, yeah. and like original doors and, and things like that, that we both appreciate. Yeah. And the floors and you've got, you've got such nice ceiling height, even though it's a, you know, a small city home, which makes all the difference. Yes. Yeah. In that front room, the ceiling is so tall. Like that room is basically, <laughs> it's like a perfect cube. So that was actually, you know, a design challenge in a way where it's like, okay, these ceilings are, so nice and tall, but you kind of have to fill that space and, and try to make the room not feel like too boxy. So, okay. So you guys decided to leave New York and go move to Dublin. Why? Out of curiosity. I guess we didn't, we kind of knew that we weren't going to be in, in New York forever. We're like, this is a great chapter in our lives, Um, (laughs) you know, living in New York, but um, yeah, we decided to get married. Uh, We got married at my parents' house. Um, on a lake just outside of Toronto and wanted to go traveling. So we went on what we call honeymoon adventure <laughs> for a for a year. And we went traveling to California and Mexico and over to Southeast Asia and finished up in Japan and like got so inspired by wow. design and interiors over the course of that year. We were staying in lots of different places and just soaking it all up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we did that and 
we didn't have a house <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah. Um, we had the house <laughs> in Dublin and, you know, Ronan's family is here. So yeah, that was our plan. And, and after, after traveling for so long, we really were craving just nesting a yeah. little bit and creating a home for ourselves. Yeah. And I think especially after living in New York and Vancouver and rented accommodation with roommates, a house. I know when I, when I moved to Dublin, I was like, you can, you can own a house. You can have a house (laughs) (laughs) because like, it's just the norm rather than apartment living um, just because the the city was built. So I think it's really exciting. So did yours and Ronan's interior styles align quite well? Like, was there any furniture there? What, what was the kind of brief when you moved back and decided to kind of make the house your own? There wasn't much furniture here. There was some things from Ronan's grandparents, some, you know, antique furniture, like the chair I'm sitting on right now and a table, which we've replaced, but, um, (laughs) and, but yeah, there really wasn't much um, at all. We were sort of starting, starting from scratch, which, you know, is a bit overwhelming because you kind of, you want to, part of me wanted to get everything sorted right away, Mm -hmm. get the house filled with all the furniture, but um, yeah, you really do. I learned the hard way (laughs) from, you know, ordering too many pieces from just one place or Yeah. yeah, just not taking my time with it. Yeah. You really just need to live in the space, settle in it, figure out really you know, what pieces you need, you really need, and then take your time finding them from different places. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And also I find when you're in that frenzy, like you might have created this concept and then you're like, Ooh, I was a little bit too influenced by like what was trendy at the time or like, Oh God, that actually doesn't suit winter at all. That's like a really summery feel. (laughs) Yes. It's so true. And like, just, I've learned so much about interior design along the way as well. I'm still learning, you know, but it is about context. It's about the home that you're in and the the choices that you're making, making sense in the style of your home. And as a designer. I love that. People don't talk about that enough. And especially in Ireland, when a lot of these homes are historic, I I don't Mm -hmm. think people do enough kind of research into understanding like the like and it doesn't mean you have to decorate everything in Victorian antiques but understanding how to be respectful or like be in conversation with the original Mm -hmm. features and proportions exactly yeah just having like some nods to Mm -hmm. the era um that the house is from so but yeah it it is hard to not succumb to trends and Mm -hmm you know, as a designer, there's so many things that I like and I appreciate, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that they belong in <laughs> in my house. But yeah. it's like that with fashion too. You know, there's a lot of crossover yeah. there. Like there's some things where you love the fabric. It's so beautiful and you can appreciate it, but you know what, like that cut just doesn't work on me or this color is not flattering. And you need to, um, I think be able to to pinpoint that and, and make sure that it it does check all those boxes. Yeah. Okay. So what did you guys do when you moved in then you have original floors, right? Was, were the walls wide? We have original floors. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. walls were 
I want to say, what's what is that standard color that everyone paints? Is it magnolia? Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is sort of a yellow beige, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, the first thing I wanted to do right away <laughs> was paint. I wanted to paint everything for the floors. Um, there was some gray carpeting <laughs> that oh we ripped. We ripped up to reveal the original wood flooring underneath amazing and we did sand down the floors and we did just um uh a whitewash okay did you do that yourself or you hired someone we hired someone to do that yeah and yeah so for the paint okay so (laughs) at first for the front room um I would I had it in my head and this is one of those you know, I really liked this trend um, <laughs> and I tried to make it fit. <laughs> so, but I was obsessed with it um, with dark, inky, moody, yeah. like a dark gray, yeah. um, a blue gray. And I was like, this is where we watch movies. It's going to be like a, a sexy cinema room, cocktail <laughs> room, and painted all the walls this dark this really dark color and it was it's a beautiful color and it was very striking Mm -hmm. but being in that space it just it didn't feel right (laughs) it didn't feel good to be in there for long periods of time Mm -hmm. um and and even just thinking about it now like the function of that room is now my office Wow. Um, yeah. You know, and there's no way I would have been able to work um, in such a dark space all day. And like, and color is so important to me. You know, I grew up learning about color theory with my mom uh, as a fashion designer and just understanding how colors can really affect you, you know, and mm-hmm. have such a big impact. After um, traveling, uh, again to Mexico and being we were in a space that was all um, this lovely kind of lime washed off-white walls and I was like I just feel so good surrounded mm. by this this creamy color um, with a bit of texture and so anyway repainted all the walls had to cover <laughs> up the dark <laughs> and um and repainted it with a, a lime wash paint in, in the co- in a color called bone and and I, I I had to redo that room from scratch. It went from like a moody theater vibe to just thinking of it in a holistic way of it being cozy and calming and but still light and airy. And it's just yeah, it's been that room has gone through a lot, but it feels so good now. Like I love being in that room. I work in there and, you know, we spend evenings in there. The evening light comes in. Is it West facing? So, yes. Okay. <laughs> this, is this is definitely Ronan. Uh, yes. Is it West facing? Yes, it's West facing. Because yeah. if you turn room, left, yeah. you go to South Circular Road, right? Yes. <laughs> then then it is yeah then it is uh, uh west facing correct <laughs> yeah it's west facing so like you know we're coming into the summer now and we love the long evenings when the sun is 
is coming mm. in the front of the house and we open up the window or sit outside and there's a very small um, garden out front and we have a bench out there and you know we just sit out there with a cocktail and chat to our neighbors that walk by and oh that's the yeah, idyllic nice. portobello life so <laughs> thinking a little bigger picture about the whole house did you go room by room or did you kind of create the concept for the whole house like had you painted other rooms in certain colors mm -hmm. that went with this inky color did you have to like change furniture when you uh, recognized your air <laughs> yes well so the the rest of the house is um quite neutral in terms of paint i just wanted to go with a nice white yeah throughout the house in our bedroom we do have one accent wall in kind of a eucalyptus green the wall that has the fireplace just as a bit of a yeah a, a bit of color there and then in the kitchen um and this made such a big difference painting the cabinetry because the cabinets were this weird shade of taupe that I really didn't like um and it was quite heavy so what I did was I painted the bottom cabinets pigeon from Farrell and yeah. Ball which is yeah it's a lovely gray, color it's like a green but yeah um it has a bit of gray in it uh, and a bit of blue it's yeah I, I love that color so that's it's like the a it's like a desaturated aqua with some gray in it it's yeah. really yeah, yeah it's muted it's really nice. but yeah. it's still a color and I do think that green works well as a color that it still almost feels neutral like green mm -hmm. kind of goes with everything you know yeah especially um, if you've got lots of greenery which you guys do and it looks out onto the garden yeah and what um like what condition was the kitchen that was left in there was it like were the cabinets like of decent quality that you decided to keep it or the the kitchen was in pretty good shape honestly um we liked we liked the cabinets um it's not super modern but i think it the more classic look goes with the mm -hmm. house yeah. so we decided to just keep it and give a fresh coat of paint um so yeah, the, the upper cabinets and some of them have glass. Mm -hmm. um, we painted those white. So just having the top ones be white and then the bottom ones in the in the pigeon color, it really it, it really works well because it, it brings your eye up and it just doesn't make them so heavy. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, and we just swapped out the hardware. So I got some new brass uh, knobs and pulls. And yeah, it's those little details that can make such a big difference and it doesn't cost that much at all. Mm. Yeah, another thing we did in, in the kitchen was we put down a, a rug and it's sort of um, a patchwork cowhide rug that's... it. I think you pointed this out actually, Tanya, when you were over at our mm -hmm. place that it sort of looks like tile and maybe something yeah, that would it does. Um, maybe traditionally be in a house, in a Victorian era house would, would be um, to have some decorative tile like that. So it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it does. That. Like if you look at it quickly, like I'm even just looking at it, the photo on your Instagram here from afar, if you look quickly, it looks like that tile, but 
it's not as busy as tile would be because you have the border of the timber around it. And it's kind of in more subdued tones because it's like a natural hide. And I think it's quite geometric tool too. So it's like Mm -hmm. you're bringing in a little bit of of the more contemporary into the kitchen. um, Yes. Which I think softens it. But I think, yeah, I think you did a really great job just keeping that kitchen and it just fits quite well with a, with a Victorian house. It's a standard shaker cabinet front and you got some really nice uh, cup handles. Where did you get the hardware? Do you remember? I found it on Etsy. Um, I, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Etsy yeah, is amazing. Find, find some really good stuff on there. Um, I forget yeah. the name of the, I would have to pull up the name of the actual shop on Etsy, but oh, no, yeah, it's fine. Some of them are, um, they're half moon shapes for the, mm-hmm. for the poles. So they're nice yeah. and chunky, I guess. And then just some smaller round poles for the, for the drawers. Cool. And, and did it come with the butcher block countertop as well? Yes, it did. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Again, keeping yeah, it really like simple and warm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like mixing contemporary with the classic as well and that carries through to the dining area that's connected to the kitchen where you know we have the Ronan's grandparents chairs Mm -hmm. um that I I recovered but then we swapped out the table to a contemporary uh marble and brass table so I I really do love having that that mix of Mm -hmm. something antique and something old and something that has a story as well mixed with um mixed with something new amazing i love paint colors what is the white you chose for most of the house because i'm curious most of the house is um designer white from fleetwood Mm -hmm. yeah and then we went with one called eider white for the bedroom which just is a little bit has a little bit more gray in it it's not quite as bright and the uppers in the kitchen are also the same as designer white yes yeah that's a great trick because it just makes it disappear into the walls especially with with the glazing i think that was a a great idea um okay and then tell us about and you have a beautiful sofa and some built-in shelves and a great uh chair in that front room that people might have seen um, in the magazine. So where did you find those? How did you decide on, on that in, in such a tall room to have this like low furniture? Yeah. So when I was giving that room, the makeover that we were talking (laughs) about, I was like, okay, I need to think about this holistically. And, um, I was like, I'm going to do this right this time. So it really all started with the art Mm-hmm. And the art that's up on the wall is by our friend Jack Hogan. We have another piece of his that is in the hallway. But yeah, it's mostly canvas, so it's neutral and it kind of just has a, a gestural spiral that's sort of slashed and cut out of the canvas. It's so cool and we just love it. And that's the focal point of the room. And mm-hmm. everything was sort of inspired by that. So even the the wall color, I wanted it to be, um, you know, light and neutral, but kind of tonal with the painting. Yeah. So, um, so we went with that. And then the curve of 
the that's in that's in the art i wanted to have that um carried throughout the room and which also really helped with that boxiness that i was saying i was trying yeah. to like just add curves to the space so i found my dream sofa um <laughs> it's from hk living and we had another one we had a different sofa before when the room was dark <laughs> what did um, you do with that we we sold it on yeah. um on done deal and yeah ronan Ronan's very much like he would have been fine just with the room as it was. He couldn't believe that I wanted to change the whole thing, but I was like, "I have a vision. This is going to yeah. be great." Um, so yeah, so he helped me with like renting the van, to, to, you know, uh, bring the sofa to the people who bought it. Um, so he's he's been supportive. Um, but I love that because like that. you will make mistakes. And yeah, like a lot of times people will be like, well, I paid a lot of money for this sofa. Like, mm. what am I going to do? You know, and you can like, I'll, I'll, you usually do make a loss selling it. But like, if the cost of that is hating that <laughs> or it not working yeah. for you, sometimes it is worth it because like every day you'll be like, oh my God, I hate that. Um, and the sooner yeah. you sell it, the sooner you change it, the better. <laughs> it's true. Like you do have to learn the hard way. And sometimes, you know, it's, that's why it's so hard to make decisions sometimes because these yeah. are, you know, expensive pieces. And they're also things that you're going to use every day. You're going to look at yeah. every day. So you don't want to make the wrong decision, but also it's okay. Like things yeah. will work out. Also yeah. your taste might evolve and change. Um, and that's okay too. So I, I kind of, I did have to reframe my thinking around like, this is an ever evolving thing. This is yes. the house is never going to be done. Mm -hmm. And once I let go of that, it just like, it was just so freeing. I don't know. So I'm, I'm always swapping things out and even just changing, rearranging things, you know, and yeah. it, that's fun for me and I, I enjoy it. But I think when you relieve some of that pressure on yourself as well, then you do make better decisions. So, yeah. Um, and if you buy so, yeah. things that you love, I think you can always find a new space for them. Like over the years, mm -hmm. there are things that, you know, I bought for a bedroom that then made their way into a front porch, something that was a stool became a side table. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you can find weird, like I, there's toy toys of Morgan's that we have hanging on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you can fun always, and creative. yeah, you can always find ways to move things around over the years. If, if you truly, if something like sparks a light in you, which brings me to my other question. First of all, it's really refreshing to hear that an architect and a designer still made mistakes and are still continuing to fix things because I, I don't know, you, you see a house like yours and you're like, oh my God, of course they moved in from day one and this is what it looked like, but it's good to know. <laughs> it's good to know there was dark paint and a different sofa and uh, a, a grumbling husband renting event <laughs> that went into the creation of that gorgeous room. And uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a process. <laughs> it, it's a process, but but yeah, we're so we're so happy with the room now. And Ron, Ronan has his chair. That's like that's his chair that we um it's the flag yard 
Danish design one that yeah when we went to the chair museum in Copenhagen Ronan sat in that chair and he was like I love this and so we found we got him that chair and that's his you know corner there and I have my so my curved sofa that I love and yeah yeah, and we did the shelves um Mm -hmm. in that room as well that's one of the things that we invested in we brought in someone to install those and I wanted them to have a really thick profile Mm -hmm. and I wanted them to have lots of space between um, each shelf and integrating one of them to uh, be a little bit deeper so that it could be my desk so that was something that we wouldn't didn't think of the room as being an office at, at first but then it evolved into that so those shelves um going all the way up as well made has made such a big difference in the room of making it feel bigger and just having that display space for for our books and our projects. Yeah. How did you like because you only did that recently I remember before you had it and you'd been living in the house what four years three or four years? Yeah. Wow. What was there before? Because I think the tendency would be for a lot of people to come in and and install that straight away. But thankfully you didn't because then the pandemic happened. Then you realized Mm -hmm. you needed to make that your office. Yeah, there was just some bookshelf. There was just two bookshelves on either side that were really close together. So you couldn't even put like all (laughs) books on it. I don't know. I wanted to put, you know, like some like a beautiful vase or yeah. different things yeah. and things just I don't know the the proportions of those shelves just always bugged me so yeah. <laughs> and but we just kept them as is when we painted the walls dark but then when when I was repainting the the room the new color we took the the shelves down and um and yeah like as I was saying when I was thinking about the room in a holistic way and I had a new approach to it I I basically I took a, a photo of the painting. I gra- I kind of made like a collage of the oh, room cool. and put it all together so that I would feel confident in how everything how it was going to all come together. Because sometimes it's tricky to visualize it all together when you're getting things at different times and and that sort of thing. So I had the painting and the sofa, and I had a reference photo of the shelves for what I wanted and the chair. Um, and yeah, we had a custom rug made as well. And having, uh, you know, a, as a designer and doing graphic design, having that collage mood board process really, really helped. And did you print it out? Was it physical mm-hmm. or just digital? No, just digital, just, digital. just on the screen. Yeah. yeah. So when I was deciding on things, I'd just pull it into the collage and I'd, mm. I'd be like, does this work with everything else? And even just having a photo of the floors in the collage as well. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like seeing everything, everything together. Yeah. It, it was just helpful to see right away if something was going to work or not. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. Amazing. What about your curtains? I see you have like you have beautiful long curtains in that room. Uh, what about that and window treatments throughout the house? How did you decide to do those? The curtains in the front room, those were Etsy as well amazing they're I had to get custom ones just um so that they'd be long enough because that window is quite quite tall so they're just natural unbleached linen and yeah you get a really good deal um 
on them from Etsy. I think they're from a company in Lithuania. A oh, lot yeah. Of, a lot of linen is produced there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had just ordered those and they help to also conceal our projector screen. Mm-hmm. So we have a projector screen that pulls down over the window. So we close the curtains, pull down the, the screen and um, and watch movies there, which is it's it's nice because people people often come into that room and they're like, where's your TV? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's every nice designer to be able is to like- hide it away. Yeah. <laughs> and so then your projector rolls up under kind of under the curtain rod. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very exactly. cool. Exactly. And then we do have because our window faces right onto the street, the in the lower the lower half of the sash window, I also just ordered online. I think it's made of yeah, bamboo, sort of a reeded bamboo like roll-up blind. Oh, cool. For the um, lower half for the lower of the sash. Just for the lower half, yeah. Okay, very cool. So kind of like yeah. a play on, you know, the very old-fashioned little half-height lace curtains or the shutters yeah. that people would have. Exactly, yeah. Very yeah. cute. But I, lo- I love mixing those natural natural materials, the linen and the, and yeah. the bamboo. Yeah. So tell us about a few other kind of favorite pieces in, in the house. We've kind of talked about the kitchen dining and that front room. What else did you do kind of in the hallway, bedrooms or bathroom that, you know, you feel make an impact? Yeah, well, again, I think the art is mm. really key in the, in the hallway and finding a place for that. Um, mm. it, it wasn't it was initially in the front room um, and it has red and orange and it's very bright and bold and um but yeah, it found its way again with color theory, like, you know, having such a brightly colored, like red piece in the front room um, wasn't conducive to it being like a calming environment. But when you have, when we moved it, we changed the orientation as well. Mm-hmm. We like flipped it 90 <laughs> degrees and put it in the, in the hallway. And it really works there because that's this transient space where you're coming and you're going yeah. and so like having those those bright warm colors works well in the space so I think when you come in and you first see that piece of art that has a big impact and then um yeah we we painted the wall up the stairs black mm. um, everything else everything else is that off white but then up the stairs is black and we use that wall so Ronan and I both love wearing hats and we have a lot of hats and didn't know <laughs> where to put them. So we, we just put a bunch of hooks up the wall along the, along the staircase and, and hung our hats up there. And it's sort of like a little gallery. Yeah. Um, it's so cute. It's very, it shows your personality and that it's your house immediately. Yeah. And it's, it's super functional as well. So. Yeah, there's that when you first come in. And then my beloved peacock chair that I thrifted <laughs> off of Capel Street. And yeah, I love I love scouring the charity shops. And mm-hmm. like most of the time, I don't find anything. But every once in a while, you can find a real gem. So yeah, I was just passing by. And I, I love rattan. And I love mm-hmm. those peacock chairs. And there was one in the window. And I just 
had to have it and it was um <laughs> it was such a good deal and I had, I, yeah. I had to carry I had to carry it home on my head <laughs> <laughs> that's an but amazing I was like vision. Skipping, <laughs> skipping down Cable Street with this peacock chair I was so so delighted with it but yeah that's up at the top of the stairs um so, so it's my little perch um, yeah <laughs> And actually, on on the charity shop piece, how do you keep yourself from buying new things? Because I think this is something any interiors lover and designer struggles with. And especially, you know, you guys travel a lot. You probably go places and mm. see something. You're like, oh my god, that's amazing! And you might pick something up in Mexico, but it's like, how do you make sure you're not just picking things up that look amazing in that context, and then you bring it home and you're like, this doesn't really work with anything I already had here. How do you, yeah. how do you do that? <laughs> Cause I struggle. With it. <laughs> I struggle with that too. Like I, I love beautiful things with, yeah. with my job at end open, you know, I curate and design products for the home a lot. Yeah. So I just swoon over ceramics and, um, and different homewares and things like that so it is it is hard honestly but um lately I've I've been quite into crafting and like making things myself I've sort of always been um uh, a crafty gal um Mm -hmm. um, you know doing a workshop at Erin Street East or you know just having friends over and we all made mobiles one night like there's one hanging behind me right now I'm in a weaving course right now making some tapestries so wow yeah I you don't have to buy things all the time you can sometimes make things yourself and then you know like drinking a cup of coffee out of a, a really imperfect cup that you made yourself yeah is you know, it's really lovely. And then it has a, a story behind it. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's it's nice to, to try making some things yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My both my mother and my and my mother in law are ceramicists. So we have mm. a lot of their pieces throughout the house. And, and I do love that. What are the future plans for the house? Like you've been there five years now. So you've given it kind of it does have a, it does have a bit of that Scandinavian feel, which I know you're you're part Icelandic, and it's quite minimalist. So I have two questions: <laughs> one, where is all the clutter, and two, what's next? <laughs> is, it mi- is it minimal? I don't know. Um, I, I would love to be a min. I really admire minimalism, but yeah. I don't know if I could ever be a true minimalist because I just love things too much. Yeah, we do have a decent amount of storage. Yeah, um, so there's lots of things shoved in um, <laughs> in drawers and cabinets, and you know, under the stairs, and um, and yeah, we do have lots of storage to to stow oh, things. You have the away. void, right? The secret void. Yes, we do. The <laughs> the cellar that um, scares me and I never go into. <laughs> but there is, yeah, there is this crawl space, I guess you could call it, that goes the, all the way underneath that the front room. And yeah. you can access it from the kitchen dining area downstairs. So we use that for, you know, 
Christmas decorations mm-hmm. and <laughs> things like that that we don't need to access too often. Um, but but yeah, the the Scandi influences runs deep for me with you know having Swedish and Icelandic ancestry. So I always I always love that the Scandi style and just the lifestyle of the higgy like being really cozy that's so important in Ireland Mm. like that was a bit of honestly a culture (laughs) shock or an environmental shock for me here moving here was it just like in this house it's an old house it's not properly Mm -hmm. insulated we did change the windows when we got here to help but it's it's a cold house (laughs) so it's really important to to be cozy and you know with my fashion brand thermacota and we extended into a home collection using off cuts from our coat production we make pillows mm-hmm. so um we have lots of cozy pillows everywhere to um stay warm stay warm and cozy but speaking of warm and cozy our plans for <laughs> the future it's my dream to build a little sauna out in the back. Yeah, I grew up with my mom building a sauna at our place. And it's just, yeah, I love it for like health and wellness purposes. And they're the best. Yeah, I love having people. I literally came from a sauna conversation to to this this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm an addict as well. Yeah, and I'm would you would you be looking to build your own, or are you interested in those? You know, they do those kind of sauna pods now. Yeah, like a freestanding one. Well, there yeah. is a little section in the back of the garden that I think would be perfect for a tiny sauna that I do think would need to be custom made mm-hmm. for that space. Um, but yeah, we're also talking about potentially extending out the back slightly and making a. Yeah conservatory solarium just because you know the morning light comes in the back and I think it would just it would be quite nice to have a little space for for the the sun to come in and to have your cup of coffee out there so that's sort of our our plans is um getting me my sauna that I I would just (laughs) be so happy to have and just extending out out the back a little bit and is the house protected? No. Okay. No. Amazing. So you won't. You you probably won't need uh, planning for any of that. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. You shouldn't. If at, at ground floor extensions under forty square meters, you don't need planning permission for. But if there was a previous extension after nineteen sixty three, they take into account those square meters mm. into your forty square meter. So like, for example, you know, the, the outhouse return that you have where your utility is, if that was considered, um, extension, like non-original to the house, then they would consider that as part of your 40 square meters, but you'll probably be. Yeah. Ronan would know more. Uh, I'm (laughs) going to leave that to Ronan. (laughs) And all like he had, Ronan had poker night the other night with a bunch of his architect friends over (laughs) and we're asking them, you know. I ask them all these questions all the time about about that sort of thing and get their advice from from an architecture perspective. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they can. Somebody can probably actually correct the the uh, the non legal advice I just gave you regarding. 
<laughs> okay. Thank you so much for, for walking us through how to just give, breathe life into a home, how to make it your own. I think some of the key pieces are, like you said, let go of trying to think it'll ever be done. Um, accept that it's an ongoing process. Take your time making decisions, but also know that you can undo a lot of them, although it may be a little costly. And I love that you kind of were really inspired by that year of traveling um, and all the different places you went to. And and I, I know that you always bring back little pieces from your holidays and thinking about like when you're in a space and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's digging a little bit more into why is it amazing? Like what exactly in that space makes you feel happy? Because you can bring some of that home like you did with, with the lime wash walls. Um, it doesn't have to be like, you made it look like it was Mexico in there. You did it in a way that was appropriate for your Victorian house. And I think people need to ask themselves more of that. Like if they go to this luxurious hotel somewhere and they're like, oh my God, I love it. Why? Why? Yes. And keep asking the why, 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 and bring a piece of that home and make it your own. I love that you were also pretty, you know, scrappy. Like you, other than, you know, replacing the windows and sanding the floors, you've thrifted a lot. You've, you know, taken pieces you you already had or Ronan already had, and you get some things on Etsy. So, you know, you're not just buying it from like the fanciest designer. Um, you're, you're really kind of thinking it through and thinking how to make smart decisions and then splurging on some other things like the Ronan's chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and saving on the peacock chair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All about all about that balance. <laughs> yeah. And that's what creates a home that really feels like um like you've collected these things over years and it really tells a story, not just of your personalities, but of like your journey. Yeah. It's um it's definitely a reflection of of who we are and and the lives that we've lived so far. Yeah. Love it. And I can't wait to see what you do with the back of the house. Uh, can't wait to come and use your sauna. <laughs> yes. <Slide it> up. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'd love to see some more photos of, of the, of the house so people can see it on, on your Instagram. So if people want to follow um, Sophie, it, is it two underscores? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So two underscores, two underscores, the Sophie two underscores. Um, there's a few photos of the house, but I think that's only been more recent since, since the shoot. And, um, yeah, I think people would love to, to see more of that and to see the pieces from your brand, uh, because they're gorgeous and they match Thank your you. very cute dog very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honey, the dog is my muse. <laughs> She's the inspiration for the whole house. <laughs> So art and the dog. And if people yeah. want to learn more about your fashion brand, that's Therma, T-H-E-R-M-A and Kota, K-O-T-A. Um, and yeah, you can browse some amazing coats. I love my Therma Kota coat and your new homework collection. Um, so thanks so much, Sophie. Any parting words for people kind of facing a, you know, rather than a renovation, a refresh of a space, what would you like them to to, to know? I suppose I would just like them to know that tap into what feels good is kind of the way that I like to, that I can explain it. I don't know when you, when you are, like you're saying, if you're in a space or you're looking at a piece of furniture surrounded by a color, if it feels right, then mm -hmm. I would go with that. 
and you know, yeah. trust your gut. And it doesn't even have to be like, like, I, like we were talking about, you don't have to be in Mexico or in a luxurious hotel in Paris. <clears throat> it can even be you go out to dinner somewhere and you sit down in a booth and you're like, oh my God, this is so cozy. I love it. Like we were at this little Moroccan restaurant, Dada on South William Street, and we got this little booth that's kind of carved out of rough plaster. And it had tiny little mm. curtains on either side of the booth. Mm. And it just felt so intimate. Like we were at a, we had a private dinner to ourselves and it's just like, okay, well, how can you create some of that back home? Like, okay, you could make a yeah. four poster bed that has like little curtains or yeah. how could you add a curtain to an opening that maybe doesn't need it, but would create this sense of coziness. There's so many ways to pull in tiny, tiny experiences that you enjoy into your home. Yeah, totally. I love that example. It's so simple <laughs> and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was lovely. So thank you so much, Sophie. And I'm excited to see what happens next. And I I think it's been a really inspiring way to think about your home, especially when people may not have the bandwidth or budget to kind of gut renovate something, just finding Mm. somewhere that already has the good bones, that has the good flow and living with it. You know, you've been there five, you were there four or five years before you even put in the, the shelves you wanted. So I think, and that's a really good way to to approach it, kind of slow, ongoing project. Yeah, totally. Take your time with it. Take your time with it and enjoy it. All right. Thanks yeah, so much, great. Sophie. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you for tuning in to the Interiors Podcast. To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at the Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Newfeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much, and see you here next time.